Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood here. We got, we got a bunch of people today. Super excited about it. We've got Chad, Zach, producer Nathan, every, we've got the whole crew yeah, here We're today. all here. What's up? So uh, real quick, leave that rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks. I really appreciate that, you doing that. I want to dive straight in to something that's like fresh for us. We just completed a few days ago our launch event, year three, focused on parent ministry. So I'd love to just kind of go around the circle, like top thing that that you remember. We've had a few days to kind of be away from it. So what rises to the top, your number one thing? I'm, I'm going to jump in there and go. Do it. Because um, I have one. So I have one that I think anyone who watched the stream will realize, but you didn't get to appreciate fully. We, I mean, we've talked about it as a team, uh, but our boy producer Nathan here, he hit home run. There were still, dude, there were so many moving pieces. And so like, I, I don't know if, I, I know we had a, like a walkthrough on Instagram that people can go go check out, but the studio had like three different stalls. I mean, we had so many cameras set up, switching from like, you know, presenter to host to table and all that kind of stuff. And the presentation of the thing for everything to go off live, because it none of it was recorded. Yeah, like no, it was every moment from start to end was live. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And so Nathan, you crushed it, my friend. And it was you, that was really, really awesome. Super I agree. It was a lot of fun. It's fun to see, like, so we can spend a little bit of time here because we get to see it quite often. Uh but I don't think it's something the audience sees very much because when Nathan, he's got one of those positions that when he crushes it, everything just happens the way it's supposed to. Right. And, and it just, it just goes forward, which is like 99.999% of the time. <laughs> right. right. It's, but like with podcasts and videos and YouTube and the launch event, uh, it's fun to see, Nathan, you in like your sweet spot of running stuff and, and calling the show and all of that. Uh, it's like, you know, when student pastors, you have students and volunteers, like when you see them in their sweet spot, it's like the coolest thing to watch happen. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like we got a little glimpse of that with Nathan on Thursday last week. Well, thank you. (laughs) No, very, very special. And again, I think that's one of the things that this year was, we knew was going in different um, the first two years, people were calling in live from where they were. So they were Zooming in, Skyping yeah. in, whatever your, your language is. But this, everybody was in the room. And so the, the hustle from like people presenting and then like shimmying over to the Q&A table was a lot of fun. And then Nathan, thank you for making it. I thought it was really uh, fun, literally fun to watch because the shots were so different. And there was like, we had people that were doing cam operations. And so as far as like a webinar goes, uh, even the replay value of going back and watching it. So like, obviously we were there, but I watched it this weekend because I had downtime to watch it. It just, it was really well presented. And so I'm just excited for the whole replay that if you're a youth pastor and you wanted to share a really good hour and a half uh, watch, listen with your ministry leaders to kind of kickstart, jumpstart the parent ministry conversation. And then I know that we're going to be clipping that up into the individual talks mm-hmm. that are about seven to eight minutes each, which is a great like 
feed of like, you know, here's some conversations. Here's what Chad shared, Kara shared, Jason shared um, that are really helpful pieces, nuggets. And so I just, as a whole event, I think it was both very well done. Like I wrote in our email this morning, it was excellent. And then it was also excelled at the way at which it provides an ongoing resource for our, our friends, our listeners, our folks. Yeah. My only request next year, Nathan, <laughs> is if you got one of those like canvas director's chairs, <laughs> you know what I mean? To be in the way, room, yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. wore a little fedora <laughs> and you know what I mean? Just called and out like mustache. Yeah. Just like odd facial hair. Yeah. Just yeah. Mm. I'll durable. see what I can do, Chad. No promises there. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I do think it is for those that got to watch it. Um, there's definitely some places to go back and rewatch. There was so much like between monitoring the live chat and trying to listen, there was things that I caught the second time that I didn't catch mm. upon live viewing. Mm. Um, but there was a uh, little bits that kind of got almost repeated throughout as like a theme. Uh, and I think that some of those were deceivingly simple, um, but refreshingly important. And I think that's one of the things that I've heard, even in a couple of just booster calls today that we had before this uh, thing was just uh, before this recording is just the idea that like, I have spent too much trying to do some of this in the abstract instead of in the relationship. And so mm, yeah. uh, hopefully it is a helpful resource in reframing some of our parent ministry philosophy and strategies. So Chad, thank you for that content direction. Nathan, the production, it was a home run all the way around and it's free. It's totally free. And I think there's probably links to it here in this even. Uh, and for those that do watch it, there is a great uh, little code. You can try out parent partner free for a month too. So win-win mm -hmm. for launch, launch. Yeah. I, I think what really stood out for me. Uh, Chad, I've heard you say this in multiple settings, but it really hit me. You just talked about how you know that parent ministry works because you're a product of someone pouring into a relationship with your dad and how that influenced the whole trajectory yeah. of your life from there. And that just, every time you share that story, man, it just always, I'm like, man, that it really is so true. Um, and it kind of helps us reframe that parent ministry isn't always just getting the right form at the right time and somebody handing you a, a check or as Kara had said, you know, you're looking for a checkbook chaperone or uh, yeah. she had another, another word there, but you know, <laughs> you're just constantly looking for them to do something right. But it's that someone took time to have a relationship with your dad and that turned into one of the greatest parent ministry things. Cause you know, for where you're at today. So that to me was one of the highlights for me. So yeah. it was definitely like, and you know, this is, one of the reasons why we do this particular podcast with the four of us, just in episodes, just so people could kind of get to know the dynamic of our team a little bit. And Chad here and in the booster podcast, you are a, you are, a, have been a transparent person, but that, that moment in particular in launch, I, I think was a significant thing for people to kind of catch a vision of like, Oh, here's a real person who is working on parent ministry that has been influenced by it. It was a powerful mm -hmm powerful moment. I think a couple of things that also stood out to me were both Kara Powell statements. One of them was the question, and that Zach, this goes to doing parent ministry in relationship rather than, than abstractly. And it's just the simple question of how can I join you, help you, partner with you in what God is already doing in your family or in the life of your teenager? Mm. And I think that's a really, really good question. How can I partner with you and what God is already doing in the life of your family and your teenager? Uh, because that's something that everybody can ask. And it's something that that just takes kind of the pressure off you having to know everything and be everything. Like you follow the lead of the parents in that. And it opens the door for a lot of further conversation. 
So I really like that. And then kind of the, she had one statement too, and I may not get it exactly word for word, but it was kind of one of those, like, even though it was uh, over the internet through YouTube, like you could almost feel the collective punch in the gut. That was, are you in this to help parents or are you in it to help parents help your help grow your ministry? Or yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was something like that. And I was like, ooh, that is because I, I think I think the mo the motive, even if come at from a, a righteous perspective, many times is if I do this, it's gonna it's gonna benefit me, it's gonna benefit our church, it's gonna it's gonna help grow the stuff here, rather than a purely I am in this for the health of the family, regardless of what happens on the back, the back end of it. Uh, so uh, that's, that's what kind of stands out to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I believe that parent ministry ultimately has so many benefits for the student pastor and the ministry, yes. but it's also one of those ministries that it's like, you have to ask the question, like if this selfishly helps me in no way, is it still worth doing? And I think that parent ministry is one of those ministries that even if it has like no personal benefit to it, like the importance of the ministry and the impact that the ministry has on both parents and students, it's one of those that we have to invest into. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last thoughts on launch. Like Zach said, uh, it is available for you to go back and watch. We will be breaking it up into smaller chunks as well. So you can pick and choose through that playlist or just watch the entire thing. The entire thing is up now. So you can go watch it now and uh, be on the lookout for the playlists from each content section. Uh, as those are ready, you can find it on student ministry that matters on YouTube. So this moves to our next question of the day. Uh, Chad, this one, this one came from you. You, you want to take it? You want to take it? From, from yeah, here? this is, this is a really important conversation. So we're, we're like, moving oh from God. launch oh, no. No. Oh my to lunch, the church potluck. <laughs> okay. Um, if you've been Baptist for a while, specifically in, you know, smaller, medium sized Baptist church, you've probably attended the old church potluck dinner sure okay. so i have a question before we go before we go further yeah. is is this a particularly baptist thing do other denominations do the church potluck they do it just not well okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't been okay. you haven't been to a united methodist bereavement dinner then you don't know what a nine by 13 casserole pan can hold <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it is it is literally just a patchwork quilt of nine by thirteens. So <laughs> you can put I mean that's your standard there. casserole you dish in there. You can do fruit casseroles. I mean, you can literally pack anything into a nine by thirteen. That's do that, a, whatever that seven layer salad is, where everybody yeah, has the, a, seven, seven, layer seven dip, different layers, yeah, seven layer dips, cheese, all kind. Yeah, just a patchwork quilt of nine by thirteens. <laughs> that that is a student ministry game waiting to happen. Of will will it casserole? Will yeah. it casserole? Yeah. Quil quilt or casserole? You just show pictures. <laughs> I, I like the idea of a nine by thirteen game where you just have like four or five all covered, and they have to pick one and eat whatever's in it. Yeah. And so mm. it may be old dessert, you know, hot turkey. Hard to say. And so did, yeah. did y'all ever do the game where you? have 
where you feed students. It's the you get the the regular gelatin and you just put food coloring in it with no flavor. Oh. Have y'all ever done that? I've never done it, but apparently it's the most disgusting thing ever. Jello with no flavor is apparently disgusting. Is it so? It still looks like Jello. It just it looks just like no sugar, you know, strawberry or, or cherry or whatever food color. It just has no sugar, and so therefore it and no taste, and so it's therefore just apparently gelatin. it is disgusting. Yeah, I don't know. Well, okay. So back to my question, Pollock. Um, well, this two part question. Question one, you're at a magical potluck. What food item are you for sure going to put on your plate? And then two, you're now in charge of bringing an item to the church potluck. What are you bringing? So I'm putting pork and beans on my plate. Pork and beans, my God. <laughs> oh my God. Because oh. well, you know somebody brought it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no but, doubt. Oh, pork and beans on a styrofoam plate just sounds like, <laughs> oh. like, like you're not going to end up happy, right? No, because like, every, <laughs> everything now has pork and bean right. juice. Everything's now got bean juice on it, great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for the dips. I'm here for anything that fits on a chip. I don't know that our potluck's ever had appetizers. I think you didn't have like the seven course. layer dips or the artichoke dips. Oh man. We had seven layer salad, which everybody had diff- seven different layers that went in that thing. So I don't know what to do. <laughs> that with. sounds terrible. A seven oh, yeah. layer Most, salad. It's like, it's like mayonnaise and peas and oh. bacon and maybe lettuce. It's, it's Welcome not to North good. Carolina. Yeah. yeah rather, maybe rather that's North Carolina thing. Yeah. Salaries. Well, you're probably right. You ever I think anything I, that comes in a unit, so like a like a piece <laughs> of chicken or like the finger roll sandwiches, stuff that mm. you're scooping out of other things. It, it's like a shared jar of peanut butter, right? Like there's a <laughs> lot of trust in that someone didn't scoop, lick, scoop. Like I mean, Did, uh, at, our ha- at our house, I have a jar of peanut butter that's my jar of peanut butter, just because even in my own family, I don't feel good about like she scooped, I scooped. So I want things that are like I grabbed a sandwich. Or I grab like a chicken leg. I, I want, I want, I mm. want unit sized foods when I'm on the potluck line. Do you think COVID killed the church potluck? I think COVID killed the self serve potluck. I think everything <laughs> now, if you're going to do it, you're going to have to put kids in hair nets and gloves behind the camera. <laughs> we call that I leadership can... team. Yeah. The, yeah, the yeah, problem can... though is like if it's not self serve, okay, and you're just going through the line. Let's just be honest, okay? Let's. Let, I know that we don't like to talk about this, but there's some politics that happens at the church potluck, and you knowing that it's like, oh, that's Carol's, you know, chicken oh, salad. Don't touch that. Case sometimes you have foods by get that. by demand. Right. Yeah, or that, or avoid it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it's like, oh, there's Susie stuff. I don't know what it is, but I know it's going to be good, right? Well, listen. Aunt, Aunt Esme, like her cookies always come in that one tin, and that tin has not maybe been washed, and that may be the secret to the flavor. So no, totally. Mm. Is there? How do you feel? How do you guys feel in general about a cold, like a cold pasta? Oh, like a cold they pasta seem to salad? make it a, like a pasta a, salad. Yeah, yeah. I'll do pasta salad. salad. I'll do a lighter I'm down for that. Salad. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, I'm a little out. Italian dressing, a little olive yeah, stone in there. You scrape the olives to the side and don't eat those on a little bit of. I don't know, swirly pasta, whatever that's called. I can't handle a tangy noodle. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't want acid on my noodle. I want it to be more savory. Got it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't do it. No bright, no bright. But I don't know that I've ever seen. Besides mac and cheese, I don't know if I've ever really seen a warm pasta. Like you don't see Alfredo or spaghetti or any of that kind of stuff. I just don't think that's potlucky. There are some nice heated Pyrex bags that you could sure load up with. (laughs) Pyrex does make some good stuff. I tell you what. I like though, Nathan. There's not a. There's the 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 more developed warm pasta dish doesn't make an appearance at this type of venue. Yeah, unless it's mac and cheese. But I do always go for the mac and cheese. Is that okay. your what you pick every time? Yeah, I always go to the mac and cheese and a piece of chicken from the KFC bucket because you know there's one or 30 of them Safe there. Safe family tradition to be the KFC family. Okay, Nathan, yeah. mac and cheese question for you. Your yes, thoughts sir. on crumblies on top of mac and cheese, like breadcrumbs or mm. bacon bits. Are you a mac and cheese purist or do you like some like 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 uh, 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 accoutrements, things on top of your mac and cheese. <laughs> I like my food with the accoutrements on it. No, I'm a I'm a purist. I want to go no bread. I don't mind the bread. I can eat it if it comes out. Like if it has to be that way. Like that's the only mac and cheese there. I'll probably still eat it. But I much prefer just classic mac Splat. and cheese. Okay. Yeah. okay. Not what the white it? mac and cheese. I want oh, that nice cheddar. Oh. I want that cheddar oh. mac and cheese with like the what about crab? the charred charred cheese layer. On the top. Mm, nope, oh, nope. Okay. That just means you forgot what was in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you there there is some like resentment from potlucks of yore, which is why Nathan is on this hero's journey to yeah. be the one man potluck. I really think that Nathan is a one man potluck. He makes we, he mm. makes the appetizers, he cooks the entrees, he does the homemade desserts. That that is that is who he is. Yeah. We did have a lot of potlucks in my church growing up, thinking about it. And I do have a lot of potluck memory. It was, yeah, any occasion it was, oh, let's just do a potluck with it. So, and but it I did become. Like you were medium size, like you're medium size. Like how many people were in your youth group growing up? Uh, 30 to 40, okay. typically. So, it, it seemed the potluck seems to really shine in that. Yeah. Like that zone of church, right? Like that. We're not big enough to cater. Event. But we're not so small that people couldn't bring some. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah the, sub the, the, the 150, 200. A, yeah. You know, it feels pretty good for a potluck. We'd have the, we'd have them outside. We'd have them inside. We'd have them on rainy days. Who knows? We just had, we had a lot of potlucks. Rainy man. I'm days. Reflecting, yeah, I'm just wet, wet, acidy noodles. <laughs> Gross potluck. You ever okay, been so to I, a potluck where there just wasn't enough organization? <laughs> That, mean a family dinner you show up and it's like there's not enough main courses and everybody's just eating four different kinds of green bean casserole yeah. yeah you never you don't the key to a good potluck you don't want to be like the first person but you want to at least be like halfway no more than t- you know, three quarters of the way back in line, they still get some decent options at a yeah. good potluck. If your church is known for potlucks, there'll be enough food. Be enough food or you might not get what, your first choice, but you'll get at least second, third choices. They'll have what Chad's talking about where it's like Deacon family bring proteins and like this class brings sides. Uh, yeah. There, there's gotta be, you gotta have a little bit of a plan to it. That's yeah, I guess so. That sometimes gets too organized and then you take the fun out of like a potluck roulette of, you know, <laughs> Will there yeah. be desserts or not? Or, you David know. just likes to live dangerously. <laughs> he oh. does. We're learning a new side right now. How do, I'm learning about it myself. I've never reflected on this before. <laughs> it's like therapy. A self-discovery. Drinking it out. Maybe this is Jason, why I got, I got known in my... went to your first potluck? <laughs> I was probably... I was probably 
still in diapers. My church yeah. had them so often. Not you know, but uh, just toddler. I mean, but also, I mean, I grew up in a church where like my cousins went there, my aunts and uncles went there, my grandparents went there, and so like you know, I knew Grandma was always going to bring her famous uh, sweet potato casserole, so that was always going to be a staple. Like you just kind of knew some people were going <laughs> to, some people were just going to bring the their uh their kind of home run recipes so i don't know and you also just oh. knew you could trust it because like they've been in the church and eating these potlucks for 40 or 50 years so you know the working family would always bring butterfinger homemade ice cream and we'd win mm. that was the that, mm. it was at the end of the yeah. line and it was good i mean that's what you do though right like you bring your perfected the, the church potluck isn't one that you you throw out a new new recipe for not not too no not too often and then, and then, if your church is real big in potlucks, you do your own cookbook as a church. You ever seen that? That's always a fun <laughs> oh. time, right there. The, oh, the church's cookbook—that's another mm. level. If you have that, is I got. I might have two or three of our church's cookbook the, uh, on the shelf downstairs. Does that come with the directory? It's like here's the Howard family, and the here's the recipe. With <laughs> the picture of no, side by side just, of the family and the dish and the food. No, they didn't. These were just uh, spiral bound notebooks with a res- bunch of recipes. I'm some good recipes though. God, good old you, southern cooking, lots of butter. Lots of butter. <laughs> you know there was some elderly lady at some point. I mean, just stressed out about what she was going to put in that cookbook, and her husband had to sit and just listen as she like lamented over like <laughs> which one of the, the recipes is going in. You're probably yeah. right. Yeah. Should I put this one? That's fine. What yeah. about this one? That one's good too. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just deep done on it. Uh, all right. So, I, how many? I know Chad has done this. Zach, I think I saw you two uh, do it too. Nathan, not as much, a, more of a social media lurker, less of a social media poster, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, ask, an anything anonymous trend. I think the three of us oh, have all NGL, jumped in on yeah, this yeah, now, yeah. right? Yeah. So I got a question that. Uh, oh, we're gonna, you, you answer some live here. Yes, yes. You had some great <laughs> questions on yours. Ben. Some people went deep. So there were <laughs> yeah. some. I wanted to mention one uh, because the person that I answered the question, they sent another message through NGL saying thank you for answering it. I found it to be a really like a significant interaction, I guess, even though it was through anonymous because of the question. And it was this, do you ever feel like you don't measure up or, or that you fall short? Mm. Uh, and I said, yes, like a lot I do. And like, that's something that I struggle with and something that, uh, I've spent a lot of time in counseling talking about and really trying to figure out like the reasons behind why those feelings of inadequacy or whatever come up. Um, and I just, I think in leadership, I would want, I would be curious from you if you're willing to answer that question from you guys. Uh, it, it feels like, I don't know if it's a leadership thing or a student pastor thing uh, or a ministry thing, but those of us who, who would say and teach and identity is found in Christ and all of those things, like finding value in him and not what we not what we accomplish and not achievement and all of those things that we would say to students over and over. We often in this particular realm struggle with on our own. And so for whatever, whoever asked this question, 
it was I took it as as a positive thing that they they identified with me saying, yeah, I feel those things too. And so I wonder how I wonder how many youth pastors are like sitting there thinking, man, like there are a lot of moments where I don't feel like I measure up or where I fall short of what I'm supposed to be doing. So I wonder from you guys, like, is that is that a place that you find yourself? I don't want to assume that one person's struggle is everyone's struggle. I, but is it wrong to think that this may be everyone's struggle? Like, and maybe maybe that's not true. But I think at at some level, at different times, everyone's going to feel that feeling. Or maybe that's just an assumption of mine as well. Um, I, I think that when we don't feel that and we feel overconfident um, or, or even like arrogant and prideful in some ways, I, I think sometimes that's even like a sense of like covering, you know what I mean? Like covering that feeling up uh, mm-hmm. in, in some, in some sense. Um, yeah. I mean, I know for me, like there've often been times uh when, when I, when I feel that way, one of the, one of the things that, that I think goes along with this is at, at the beginning of the year, I remember having a conversation with Zach and I, I told Zach, I said, I think for us this next year, um, I said, I think we need to fail more. Um, and what I meant by that was I, I think for, for us to try to do some harder things, um, some things that we're not as comfortable with, because if, if we're, you know, not complete disaster failures, but like if we're, if we're educated failures, yeah. Like, (laughs) like if, if you're never feeling uncomfortable or failing or like you're in over your head, like you're probably playing it too safe. Um, and, and so I think that if, if we find ourselves feeling overwhelmed and feel not overwhelmed, overwhelmed is not the right word. Um, if, if we find ourselves feeling uncomfortable in the moment, um, I think sometimes that's an okay place to be specifically like as a follower of Christ and in ministry in general, like leadership takes some bravery. Um, I I've heard a lot of people say a statement similar to this lately of, you know, if, if you don't feel scared, there is no opportunity to be brave. And I Mm -hmm. think that sometimes we feel like bravery or courage is not feeling scared, but then that's not bravery or courage. Right. And and so I, I think feeling that is okay. I think, I think the big question then is when we feel less than or inadequate, what do we do after that feeling? And that to me seems to be the, the marker of how we're handling it and the maybe emotional maturity that we may have in, in the situation. Yeah, man, I think that's a, I think that's a really significant question to ask is what do we do at with those feelings? Yeah. And like, I know personally having been through like the counseling side of this, that my reaction to those feelings, if I'm not paying attention will be to, seek more perfection of my own creation and seek to achieve more and can lead to a lot of like unhealthy workaholism 
type of type of behavior just because if I'm feeling less than or I'm feeling like I don't measure up, then my personality and the the Enneagram threeness in me says, well, then you're not achieving enough. You need like get out there and start racking up accomplishments. Yeah. I, I think there's always a measure of fear. And, and to, to share uh, a little more of what Chad and I talked about, I think there's either a fear of the things that maybe we wish we would have done, um, lack of courage kind of fear, or there's a fear of being found out that we tried something before we had it figured out. That's the, the imposter syndrome thing. Um, and I, th- I think the, the, there's not a way to avoid a fearful feeling. I think it's being able to express it along the way. Uh, I think that's one of the things for those being afraid of being found out uh, is not having something, some outlet, some person to talk about it with and charging ahead until we're found out. Uh, or if you feel afraid and you are you know, kind of bound to inaction, inactivity is to have someone close enough to you that could inspire you or spur you to courage. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that again, not to make it a relationship answer, but I do think that's why having some people in your life that, that know you, not just in your um, successes and not just in your actions, but in your in your fears and your desires is really important. I think you need friends that know you deep enough down uh, to know what are some of the fears that are in the motivation or in the prevention of. I think those are really important things. Um, I, I'd be interested to hear from some of our people that listen just where they sit with that though. I think that's one of the things, uh, Ben, you said it at the top. There is a unique leadership aspect to it um, where if other people are already looking to you by title, position, or authority, that can stir up a different layer um, because you feel watched in the midst of it. Like if I work on a project and haven't told anybody about it, there's way less fear than if I'm stepping out and trying something in front of a known audience. And I think that is something that's really, uh, really important to talk about air out with folks. Yeah. Go ahead, Nathan. Yeah. I think, I think it's really important. What I've had to learn is to ask myself the question of those expectations. Are the expectations and is it a view of myself that I'm putting on me of not measuring up and what are the actual expectations or what are the people clearly, you know, like, or what is, what is seeing it clearly from like the other side of the people who are, who you think or have those, you know, different expectations on you. I know for me and my personality, I'm very hard on myself. So like I'll walk out of something and be like, oh man, that was not good. I did not do a good job. And I'll know like 20 things that I feel like I messed up. And then somebody would be like, man, that's the best you've ever done at that. I don't, I think that was flawless. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like we missed this transition by like a millisecond. And you're like, who cares? It's a millisecond. Like it looked like it was perfect to me on something that, you know, stuff other people might not care about. And all of a sudden I'm realizing, oh, like I'm, I'm being way too hard on myself, you know, kind of a deal. And so I think you're right, Zach. I think it is relationships of having people around you that can say, Hey, you know, you are doing a good job at these things. Maybe here's some areas to improve, but it's, it's, I think it's getting for me, it's trying to, that inner voice is such a critic um, for me. And it's super loud. Like, I, I mean, you mentioned Enneagram being, I'm a one. And so that's one of the things that markers of a one is just that inner voice is always loud and always a critic. 
I mean, I could do something perfect and it would be still not perfect enough for me or kind of a deal, which is ironic. But to have people that can say like, hey, this was really good or, you know, you did a great job at this. It helps remind me of, oh, I don't need to listen to that critic inside of me. I need to take a step back and evaluate it from, I think, a clearer picture and take less of like myself and my expectations off. Does, does that make sense? And so like in, in this role, like it's important for me to look at it and be like, you know, what are what are the expectations you have for me, Ben? And for me not to put expectations on myself that aren't that would they would honestly hinder me because I'd be trying to do too much instead of like doing a really great job at it and then continuing to move on instead of like trying to perfect every single minute thing that really might not even matter in the end. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think the expectations is a is a great way to kind of like self-reflect when you have those feelings come up. Like, am I trying to measure up to a place that someone has clearly put in front of me that I need to try to measure up to from like a job performance and things like that? Or am I trying to measure up to some personal expectation that may or may not be within the realm of possibility? Right. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Well, and I think student ministry too, like, Man, you can jump on like Facebook and you, you know, you, you see everybody else's post and their, you know, their student ministry room and, you know what I mean, camp and all this kind of stuff. And there's this feeling of like the comparison, right? I mean, even as we talk about parent ministry, and that was one of the big reasons that we really wanted to communicate, um, you know, not just this abstract idea of parent ministry, but really that relational, like what is happening inside of your church and, and where are you at and being able to evaluate it in that way. Because if you're always waiting to have the like home run 300 kids there in one night to ever do anything, you're never going to get there. And so for you, like understanding that like to to evaluate your success not off of the Instagram post or the comparison to the guy down the street, but the faithfulness in the event is really, really helpful of going, okay, like did we do what we could do right now for our people? That was the best. And like, that's a very different question than (laughs) was it successful? Um, Because if, if we're just waiting for it to like knock our own socks off, like, you're maybe waiting for a while. And I think it's going to cause you to, to take a much longer time to get there than to be able to go, okay, no, like we're going to take baby steps. We're going to maybe feel uncomfortable in the moment, but I know that even a couple months down, you know, from here, we're going to be a lot further down this road. I think that can really help in a lot of areas when it comes to student ministry. I think, I think Chad, I think that's exactly right. I think this is one of those areas that we so often, if, if someone would ask us the question and they were like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. I think Chad, you would give that exact same answer. But I think this is one of those areas where we don't listen to the own advice that we give others. We expect ourselves to be the perfect, to have that perfection and not take those baby steps along the way. I think too, I kind of think of the analogy of just baseball in general. Like what does it take to hit a home run. Well, how many times of batting practice, how many strikeouts did it take? How many foul balls did it take? You know, those kind of things you look at, you know, great teams are great hitters and they, you know, they didn't, they didn't hit as many home runs as they swung by a long shot, you know? And so I think you're absolutely right, Chad. Yeah. I mean, you're an MVP candidate if you hit the ball 34% of the time over the course of a year. Yeah. 
And that's not even home runs. That's just hit. That's it. just hits. Yeah. There's you're a, lot a hall of, you're a hall of fame player if you do that over your career. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Man, I think, uh, you know, not to like turn this into a, an ad, but I think it's completely appropriate right here is uh, from a, a random anonymous Instagram poll someone reached out and asked about something that was very close to them, a serious thing that they deal with and found some type of camaraderie or relationship in the fact that, Hey, like I'm not the only one that deals with that or struggles with it. And uh, Zach, Chad, I've told you guys both of this in person before, but to me, that's one of the beautiful things about being a part of booster is that you can have those kinds of conversations all the time that you realize I'm not by myself in this, how I'm feeling is not isolated to me, even wins and celebrates. It doesn't, all the conversations are not like down in the dumps, even celebrations. Like there are wins that are happening in student ministry that are celebrated and repeated across the country. Um, So again, like purposefully not like trying to make this feel yucky with an ad, but that's why we believe in, in youth ministry booster. And that's why we want to see student pastors in community with each other. Um, it's, it's not a fake thing. It's not something we just try to like get you to buy. We really believe it's beneficial for you and that these kinds of conversations can be a real part of your life all the time. But it isn't an intentionality you have to sign up for. And I think that's something that's really important. Yeah. Like they're, they're, uh, this is, these kind of conversations are not had casually, right? This comes from a commitment to a shared space, uh, a certain kind of relationship. And I think that's something that's really important to name for the health of you as you're ministering and thinking about your batting average. It really comes down to having the right kind of intentionality in those relationships and not just folks that I could call, but folks that I do call. Yeah. That's right. If you want to find out more information about how to join Youth Ministry Booster, you can go to youthministrybooster.com. We are closing registration on September the 1st, so make sure you get in before then. It's not too far away. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. See you next time, everybody.